Welcome, guys, to another Saturday night. Yay! Yes, we have made it to Saturday. We have been looking forward to this episode. Your discretion is advised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, we are joined tonight by a very special guest, none other than Mike, the Naked Bigfoot. Yeah, I had to give you the kind of grand opening there because you're just an awesome guy, and the knowledge oh, you have is... Amazing. So who's all in the chat tonight? There's Drew in already, so we'll let it fill up for a couple of minutes and then we'll start talking about anything you really want to talk about, Mike, you know. So Dakota's all quiet, he's like... No, no, I'm, I'm just waiting in suspense. I, I feel like I should be busting out K2s and all that. <laughs> if you want, I can give a, a quick summary of who yes. they're dealing with tonight. Yes, for the people that are joining tonight for the first time or are going to be watching later, which I hope you're watching it live because it's a lot more fun live, um, yeah. but it's even more fun later too. Um, I am Mike Coleman, also known, a.k.a. Mike and the Naked Bigfoot, some call just called the Naked Bigfoot or the Naked Mike. Um, <laughs> my life has... Um, <laughs> I was born and raised in the uh, Appalachian Mountains that run between West Virginia, Virginia, and Tennessee. Um, when I left the mountains, I went on a spiritual discovery to discover myself. When as I, as I traveled, I discovered many strange and unusual things, both in the paranormal, supernatural, and in the cryptid worlds. Um, aside from all the things that I learned on the mountainside with my uh, my mountain witch family, my great-grandmother, my grandmother. Uh, but as my life progressed and I started learning more and seeing more strange things and knowing that I wasn't, al- I, that the, the world was a lot stranger and scarier than, than I thought it was once I started traveling, uh, I found, my religion found me and I found my religion. I became a, uh, long story short, I became one of the, the few white um voodoo priests here in the United States, um, also known as Ongan. Um, I am a practicing voodoo priest. I do have what you would call, we I call them the faithful, but we do have parishioners, which if it makes better sense to everybody. And 
we do practice every week. We do we do hold mass, our version of mass every week, and um, I hold small ceremonies on a daily basis, and at all the high holidays as well. You know, I never knew that. I never knew that, Mike, that you actually did that every week. <laughs> every you learn week. something new every day. Yeah, you learn something yeah. every day. I mean, the knowledge you have, Mike, is absolutely amazing. The guys, please go and check out his channel, Mike the Naked Bigfoot. You need to, because he does lives every now and again, and the lives are awesome. Oh, right? yeah. He's got one coming up, actually, which I think it will be a really, really good night. But Mike, can you tell us about some of the some of the creatures you have discovered in your path throughout the spiritual domain? Oh my gosh! Um, I can start when I was a kid in the mountains, um, yeah. and I'll tell everybody too why I'm called the Naked Bigfoot too, as, as I tell you everybody about this. But living in the mountains, um, there are many things that exist and live in the mountains that don't exist and anywhere else in the natural or unnatural worlds that my family and my grandmother, my great-grandmother especially, would would always warn the kids against going into the woods at night. Um, we had our version of the, of the hide-behind, which is a, it's a predatory um, cryptid. Yeah. We also had um, our version of... Um, i trying to think of what my grandmother called that thing. A doppy. It's a do. She said doppy. You have to remember these names are are names that are mountain names. They probably have a, a more um, a more professional taxonomy, but I always know them by what my family called them. And when, like, say, if you watch the one about the leshy, we had a version of a leshy known as the Brook R U K uh, that I thought was a a lot more dangerous than what the um, European leshy was. But if you want to watch that video, you can go to my site and watch that video. Um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking about that. Um, we had hoop snakes, which if no one knows what a hoop snake is, uh, some of these things I never encountered. Some of them I did encounter. Um, we had our version of the wild man of the of the woods, the man who walked behind the rocks, um, our version of um, the mountain man, which was Bigfoot at the time. Um, that my family, of course, talked about, and I've had the misfortune of dealing with most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but once I left out, once I left out of the mountains, um, there were a number of elemental spirits I encountered in the spiritual sense. I, I encountered um, things of the of the swamps um, throughout Louisiana and Mississippi. I, in Mississippi, especially, there's the, there was a, a thing that is talked about in Thibodeau, Mississippi, called the Crow Man, um, right. and I actually saw the Crow Man, and that's yeah. going to be an upcoming show hopefully yeah. soon where I talk about the that's Crow Man of Thibodeau, Mississippi. Crow Man is a is a is a is a by started off. It, they talk about it in very hushed tones, but Crow Man is. Is probably one of the one of the scariest things I've ever encountered. Um, I encountered a spiritual being known as the Skinner Man. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a, a bloody bastard. Um, I have seen everything and dealt with everything, God, far and wide. Uh, I was able to experience the Deer Woman for the first time. Um, I kept hearing about Deer Woman for the longest time. Um, Dear woman is apparently incredibly dangerous, but the time that I was able to experience her, it wasn't horribly dangerous. Um, God, dude. 
so much. I, I can pull this up all night long. <laughs> what? We've got all night? <laughs> I know. <laughs> two hours so you can share it out to other, all the other spots. So. I, <laughs> Honestly, Mike, you have done so much. I mean, there was one of there was one of the tales that you did when you first started your YouTube channel, and it was a, it was a three parter, and it was about was it look at this week this creature that was in the house. Can you oh tell us God! A bit about that tell the Goblin House. Um, oh. That one was that oh. one is something else. Um, that okay. Quick story. There are things that that do exist that people talked about in legend and fairy tales that um, existed in uh, most European small in most European countries and small villages. And when they migrated from their country and came here, they brought a lot of these things with them. Um, and they brought a lot of these stories, these legends with them. And of course, if you believe in something strong, especially if something that existed in the spirit world, um, belief is 99% of its existence. So when you believe in it and you speak about it, um, it can gather that energy, that power of that belief and manifest um, in our physical world and interact with us. <sighs> These things, they're called, it's called a fetch, F-E-T-C-H, that was infesting in this house. And fetches, um, before I get into the actual, what it was actually going on in the house, a fetch is something that passes between the spirit world and the physical world, um, but it needs a, a reflective service, a body of water, a mirror, high-polished silver, um, high-polished, really highly reflective glass um, to act as a gate between it and um, our physical world. Hmm. And fetches are things that they exist to scare people. They exist to cause fear in people. Um Fetches are were spoken of in a lot of Irish lore and mythology, as well as um, in Finnish and Slavic mythology as well. But they had different names. But like a fair, F-E-Y-R, they were also called fairs for fears. The fetch was because that was their their trade. They caused fear, but they would feed off of this fear. But they could not scare you as a spirit form. They would have to. They were shapeshifters. They would have to assume the form of something that would scare you or cause a. And just not scary. I'm not talking about a, a jump scare where somebody jumps around the corner and goes, boo, and you shit your pants. <laughs> um, these things, they attach themselves to families. And they're a generation, I call them generational predators. Um, they, unless they're dealt with, um, every generation will inherit the same fetch. And they exist to, to inspire fear. And feed off of that fear. Well, this fetch, um, well, this group of fetches, come to find out, it was more than one. <laughs> I had a, a witch friend explain to me that they always, there's always more than one. <laughs> me being silly, didn't realize there was more than one at the time. Yeah. On occasion, uh, different paranormal. There's a few paranormal groups of individuals, and um, a number and two or three actual um, spiritual mediums. I get called in for consultations. If it's something that they feel is not a, is quote unquote ghost related, a, a once human yeah. situation. If it's something that's beyond that, that's going straight into the world of the supernatural or the, or the supernatural. There's a difference between cryptids and supernatural cryptids. Cryptids are more part of our physical world versus a supernatural cryptid. 
that exists in um, our world and the spiritual world at the exact same time. They walk between the worlds. So you'll hear me switch between those um, yes. those terms often and frequently. If anybody wants to interrupt me with a question, you can, because you know I can talk all fucking yeah. night. So. <laughs> Guys, if you have any questions at all, please just leave it in the chat, and I'll, I'll put it up for you. But it's scary. What what you think's actually creeping out there in the dark nights when you're in your house watching your TV and sitting in front of your fire? It's scary to think what is just round that corner watching you. Well, you know that's what. You know, going back to the fetch, that is that, and there's also something called a Mari too, which I had the misfortune of dealing with too. And Maris don't inspire physical. It's called true fear. It's a fear that's so visceral that your bones literally shake and ache from the fear. That's what they need to feed off of. It creates enough energy for them to feed off of it. Just saying boo doesn't work. <laughs> they want to, they want to scare the shit out of you and do it. Um, it's, it's they're good at it's, it too. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean. Guys, you need to check out Mike's channel. Honestly, I'm plugging your channel here too. Oh, yeah. Mike is also uh, writing a book, and it will soon be out too, which I'm looking forward to, because I'm going to buy a couple of copies, because I'm just that type of guy. Oh, wow. I'll sign a copy for you. That, that's 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 what I want you to do. I want, I want a signed copy. Hey, Lex. Um, can, you tell, can you tell us a wee bit about your book that you've been writing? Ah... Yes. Well, throughout my life, um, one of the things I was taught at an early age by my grandmother, as a matter of fact, um, she always told me to, she, my family, believe it or not, there's a lot of people that live in the mountains, and a lot of mountain people, a lot of mountain cultures that are literate, regardless of what people may think, they're quite literate. Yeah. Uh, not illiterate, they're literate. Yeah. And incredibly intelligent and educated in their own right. And one of the things that my, my family imbued on me, my extended family imbued in me, was to to document everything. See, I inherited my great-grandmother and my grandmother's, their journals. And then I started writing my own journals while I was in the mountains. And then when I left out of the mountains with my immediate family, um, I always kept journaling. And I literally have boxes upon boxes upon boxes of journals of my life experiences. Um here on the East Coast and all the way across to the to California and beyond, um, my journals and it documented all the strange and weird happenings that I experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the different I've attended many different um, types of um, faith setups, and I want to say it like that, that were outside the normal outside the norms of Christianity. Or we're talking about things like. Um, snake handling, um, Santeria, mm-hmm. things like that. They were outside the, the mainstream that exists here in the United States and throughout the Caribbean islands and Polynesia and parts of Mexico and South America. Yeah. And I would always write down my observations or what went on when I went there, so I would never forget it. I would never write while I was there. I would always go back to the hotel room or wherever I was staying, and I would sit down and write it up. Well, what happened was we decided to to pull together a large portion of these journals and pull out some of the medias and choices bits and pieces and um, do them in a book format to explain my life, how I started in the mountains and found my way here um, to civilization. 
but I had a very long paranormal and supernatural, really fun, incredibly frightening, and most of the time incredibly dangerous experiences that I had. Um, but I survived them all. Yeah. Sometimes through skills, sometimes through education, but most of the time through blind and stupid luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I survived most of the situations. Not all of the situations I encountered dealt with um, the supernatural, but with people as well. Um, yeah. I was able. To, I was able to talk to two serial killers during my time. Really? Um, no, I should say they weren't serial killers. They were mass killers. <laughs> they were. I have to get that. I have to get that right. One of them was the uh, the Georgia werewolf. And then that point, he got convicted of it, but I still believe to this day that he he was neither a werewolf nor he killed these kids. I really don't believe that whatsoever. Um, And the other one was a, this asshole was out in Colorado. He, 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 he killed about eight hikers out there. Wow. And he kept their index fingers. Um, he would cut their index finger off, fingers off, and he kept them. And then when the meat rotted away, he would he would put them on a necklace that he did, and he wore them underneath his shirts all the time. His bones. He was an interesting okay. character to talk. He was he was truly evil. There was something there was something just not quite right about him. Um, Clearly. Besides, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was he called? The index fell off of your curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I've got to go back and look up his name. He was an asshole. I had a name for him too, but I forget what it was. I always remember the the werewolf of Georgia because at the time I was studying. Um, I was looking for for leads to the um, to the Rougarou legends of the Deep South, and it led me um, it led me to finding the, the the Georgia werewolf killer. So, wow, he was he was, but he was such a kid. He was a kid himself. How did, did, how did you how did you get to meet these people? How did you, how how did that come about? You have to remember the times that this happened. Um, the rules with the Georgia werewolf killer, um, <clears throat> it was really really easy because the family members. I got to meet some of the family of, yeah. and I did some videos of that meeting, and it led to the tales of the Skinner Man. Um, it became more supernatural and much more terrifying than any werewolf you'd ever want to meet. That whole situation did. But it was a right. small, number one, it, was a, it happened in a small town. Um, right. It was a, it was not a racially diverse town. <laughs> I'll put that politely and as delicately as possible. It was not a racially diverse town. And when they found out that I was not one of the the ass-fucking reporters and I was actually curious about what was going on, the police wanted to know what I learned, too, as I was out talking with the community and working around. And in exchange, they would actually let me sit down because he could still have visitors come to his cell. And um, they let me put my name on this visitor list to go in and talk to him. And I'll tell you what, I left numerous times from talking with him, and I was in tears after leaving him because I knew that he was, they were going to kill him, that he was going to go up the road. He was going to get railroaded. Well, not even railroaded. He was going uh, to go down for those murders, and he did. Yeah. He, they, he, 
they put him in old Sparky, and it was bad. It was bad. They executed him in Athens, Georgia. That was, at the time, one of the multiple locations you could go to get executed in. So. That's that is just... I don't know what to say there. I mean, that's just crazy. I'm going to let my, my co-host, Dakota, ask you some questions, because I've been talking all night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, oh, it just it seems like whenever we when we get together, there's some sparks up. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier, you happened to mention where there's a lot of things that require belief in it and having to speak about it in order for it to basically be able to materialize into this world. Have you ever come across a situation where essentially a fictional character came to life through those means. The closest thing I can think of with that is when I was looking up the um and and visiting the which you probably everybody's going to hear of these. Um uh, mostly from urban legends that find life of their own because people believe in them. Um for example, the the goat man on Goatman Bridge, um, the Bunny Man, which is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about, is the Bunny Man, because I actually hear we have our own Bunny Man here in Virginia. Uh, that I swear I um, I heard him whistling in the woods when we were out trying to find where he was. That uh, these things, the Bunny Man existed because we had spent so many. We had literally collected forty five stories in one afternoon about the Bunny Man. <laughs> from different people, and it was, and everybody believed in the Bunny Man. They all had a different story, but it all was about the same character. And so, when we went out to investigate the Bunny Man, who, by the way, was an, an axe murderer who would kill people with his axe, and there's a Bunny Man usually in every state out here in the Union. Um, <laughs> but it is the, the power of belief, and you know, the Tibetans had the have the Tibetan thought form, which is the tulpa, that if enough people believe in something strong enough. It'll it'll gain life from it and gain a life of its own and um, be able to exist as long as there's belief in it. It's called the Candyman syndrome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Remember the original Candyman movie, not that God awful remake, when the Candyman said, and I love Clive Barker. He he's an amazing writer. But one of the lines that Tony Todd delivered, which is stuck with me because I've never heard something more true and more accurate in my life, being told in a horror movie. Um. He told, I can't think of her name when I want to talk, Helen. He looked at Helen and he says, you doubted me, so I felt obliged to come. Yeah. She chose not to believe any of the stories about him. She didn't have any core belief in him, so he came to her to prove that he existed. And he gained power from that, from her belief in him. And he gained power over her because of her belief in him, which eventually led to her death. (laughs) Yeah. It's quite... Interesting. On you, on you go, go out, sir. No, I was just asking because I have a very similar situation. Thankfully, so far, it's something that seems to come out whenever there's a warning about a dangerous entity that's got its eyes on me. But I was just curious on your thoughts about situations like that. Well, the only way to make something like that go away is to literally, and it's almost impossible. Um, you can remove your belief in it 
as much as you as much as you can. But there's always going to be some primitive primal part of your brain, that animal part, that primitive, that reptilian part of your brain, that's always going to have fear of whatever that whatever that story was. It's still going to have that primal bit of fear. And then that's all they need is that primal bit of fear to be able to, it's a little tiny flame, which they'll fan and make it larger. So you'll never get rid of them that way. And I suppose, you can, I suppose we, the more you can weaken people, them, but you'll never get rid of them. Yeah. I suppose the more people, I suppose the more people that, that have heard about this entity, even if Dakota stopped believing in them, there's other people now that believe in this entity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, again, it's the Candyman effect. He only existed because people told stories about him. Um, it's the same thing in the supernatural and paranormal worlds. There are these formless entities that exist in the spirit world who can't gain form um, until you believe in them. And you may not believe in them in particular. You may believe you may believe in a six-eyed hamster that breathes fire that'll kill you in your sleep. Well, you're giving it, you're you're opening a small yeah. window up for this yeah. for this formless spiritual entity to assume the form of a six-eyed hamster that breathes fire that's going to kill you in your sleep because it you believe in something like that strong enough that this thing's going to come and go. Hey, I can interact with the real world now. Let me become the six-eyed hamster. He believes in it. He's given it enough energy for me to assume the form of it. And thus he becomes, you know, the six-eyed hamster that people will talk about for generations. That's, it's just terrifying. Because <laughs> you, you think about all the people out there that dream up, you think about, right, let's let's take the, for instance, the comic world, right? People will take a comic, right? And if mm-hmm. they believe, like, say, Man of Steel, Superman really exists, right? In theory, if you believe that and believe that, eventually something could come out of that. Well, you know what, Chris? You have to remember too. There, there are two levels of belief. Um, yeah. There's a surface level of belief. Like everybody wants to believe. Wants. You know how I'm phrasing this? Wants to believe in superheroes. Um, they want to believe in in heroes. They want to believe in the X Men and mutants and special abilities. But that surface belief alone is not gonna is not gonna be enough to cause anything. And then you've got a belief that vibrates on its own vibrational level spiritually that's deep within us. And when we tap that spiritual belief within us on that, that, on that vibration, on that spiritual belief, that's something else. That's something very primal, very primitive. Um, that's the essence of, think of the Australian Aborigines where they say that everything came from the dream time and the dream time is still all around us. And you can, and things are still being made every day from the dream time because they want it. To, they believe in it enough. Something will step out of the dream time that, and assume that belief. Yeah, that's what that is. That's what that is. It's it's fascinating. It's absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating. And to go, it's just oh my god, where do you store all this knowledge, mate? <laughs> well, you think causes hair loss? <laughs> well, there's a good. Well, one of the one of the things that as a Hungan, as a voodoo priest, that um, that we do um, is that we make a pact with the Loa and the Upper Loa and the Deified Loa, which are the spiritual ancestors and the, if you want to call them the gods, they are the gods, but we don't consider them gods. We consider them the spiritual upper ancestors and the greater ancestors. 
is that when you make a deal with them to share that they share your life and your your physical reality um they in return will give you do you make a deal with them and they'll return and give you continue whatever you ask for whatever they agree to and what i asked for was knowledge and so i may not know the answer to something right away but I'm the Loa provide enough um, intuition to me to be able to help me find the answers very quickly and to find the information very, very quickly. So can you, it's a deal. Can you, it's a deal I struck many, many years ago. Can you can you tell for some of the people that's obviously you've told me before, but and can, can you tell for some of the people that's listening to this tonight in the podcast side what the Loa is? What 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 are they? Where are they from? Um, the Loa, think of them as a as a part of a, I always tell people, the spiritual gemstone of the universe. Um, yeah. The gemstone is this mass of spiritual energy, and every facet is a facet of that spiritual energy that, that assumes a form known as a Loa. And a Loa is, a Loa is coming, and, and they exist on different levels. There is, they exist in families, the Loa do. Um, you have the immediate ones, which are the, your ancestors, which were the once living, and then a step above them are the loa that are uh, the messengers and the family members to the greater loa, because they belong to a great family. Um, and they exist on the back of a great serpent, um, and the serpent is white, and it exists in the sun on, the, on, the, on a beach. And when the sun shines upon the serpent, it casts both a shadow and a rainbow, the loa that are Aspects of something that are good, not necessarily good, but positive, and wish to do positive things in the universe. They walk in the in the light that's shown from the scales of the serpent, but the shadier, um, darker low and spirits out there, they walk in the um, the shadow of the serpent. That's I'm just that imagining. Answers. I'm I'm imagining that in my head. That's why it's serpent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's called Ojibwa. It? Yeah, it's called it's called a it's, 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 it's a it's an odd concept. It's an odd concept, I know, but for a lot of people that are that follow most mainstream religions, they um, it's a hard concept to believe in. But trust me, when you see the when you see the serpent for the first time, and it speaks to you in the voice of the hummingbird for the first time, you can be do nothing but believe in that. So. Yeah. Yeah, because this, cause this entity will be older than time itself. How old is well, it? It's infinite, isn't it? It's... Well, they created the. They, <clears throat> well, you have the creators, and um, the serpent was the creator. Um, it vomited up the. It, well, it spilled out the oceans. Um, its skin, it shed, became the land and the forests and the mountains. Every time it shed its skin, um, it was the creator. And then they begat the children that were the original Loa that helped form. Um, the bodies of mankind for the first time and bred life into them mm-hmm. and gave them their own spark of divinity. That's, I don't know, I just want to say that's beautiful, just the way, just the way they put that. It's just, I don't know, I can, I can see something, made. it's weird. It's weird, I can, I'm experiencing something right now, I don't know what that is, but it, it just feels really real to me. I don't understand it, maybe you can tell me after, mate, but it's, it's just, I'm going to let Dakota, because I think he's got a question for you. I'm... Just watching the chat right now. It looks like we have some people having reactions to tonight's live. Yes, what's oh. that? I can't see them. If you want to share, I'll be happy to oh, listen. I think I'll well, 
Oh, fuck. I can't see him. <laughs> Dude, I can't see him. I'm well, fucking blind anyway. What's yeah, that say? Or read. We have Drew's Paranormal Vlog. She's been having a lot of interesting activity lately. Guys, I need to go and ground myself. Something isn't right. I'm feeling really weird. I'll be back. And she just said that she's going to disappear from us later. Mm. My bad. We have that some effect on it. <laughs> yeah, we have that. We have that effect, eh? For some weird reason, you know. But here's an interesting question. I hear you mentioning this quite a lot. A lot. What's your big black book? <laughs> My big black book of bad things. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I actually call it that. The big black, black book was. Um, the first half of, and it really is a book. It's a huge book, actually. And the first half of the book is um has all the the notes and um on um mountain hoodoo and um yeah. mountain with and mountain magic and uh mountain spirits. The first half of that was from my family that they recorded and wrote down their observations yeah. and their different cures and stuff that they used to. And the second half of the well, the second half of the book or the parts that I pinned myself in it that um Think of it as a grimoire. It's all the all the various rituals and rites I've learned from other cultures and other belief systems that um will come in handy against various um unfortunate situations that may arise for people. Yeah. yeah. Like sealing ceremonies and things like that. If you're trying to seal your house away from something, um or sealing objects so it um so if an object's being used as a as a channel for an entity, how to seal it. Um, yeah. to where it can't be it, the entity can't use it anymore um, and how to identify certain entities for what they are because you should when you're dealing with entities um, any type of supernatural paranormal entity the first thing you want to do is to learn what it is to be able to name it because when you name something you take power from it and you assume a little bit of power over it and that's the only way to effectively deal with it on its level is to know what it is because a lot of the, the shittier things that do strange shit to people out there. Um, they don't want you to know what they are or they want to mislead you to believe that they're like the ghost of your great Aunt Sarah when actually they're some kind of, they're actually some kind of parasite. Um, and they're using the, the, the tale of the ghost of great Aunt Sarah um, yes. to fuck with paranormal investigators or to fuck with a family for both yes. its entertainment and its nourishment. So, Yes. Can I ask you something, Mike? Have you ever like, pissed an entity off and it's followed you home? <laughs> it's my oh, God. Oh, God. Dude, yeah. Many times. <laughs> I've had shit follow me. Can, Both, can you tell uh, us? Oh, you've not just because they were mad at me. Um, uh, because they were curious about me. Uh, right. We have, um, here in the United States, and it's mostly, we... We have our version of something called a will-o'-wisp, which is something that exists mainly in, in European folklore and mythology. But we have versions of it here, like we have the brown mountain lights, um, which are a type of American will-o'-wisp. Um, we have we have here in the south and in the mountains, we have something called foxfire, um, which exists in the woods as these little as these they're actual spiritual entities. Um, that are mostly harmless, but very mischievous. Um, and they're well known here in the mountains for luring hunters at night 
people are hunting like raccoons and stuff at night. We're luring hunters you know, out, and they usually end up hurting themselves. They'll lead them out into the woods and usually off a cliff or into a river or into a swamp somewhere um, because they're basically assholes. But I have gone out and I've studied the, the fox fire and the fox lights in the woods. And I've actually went out to, to study them to look at them, and I was able to actually observe them happening. And they look they look deceptively harmless. Um, if you can picture a green candle flame assuming like a face or a green candle flame um, assuming the shape of a hand, and that's what they'll look like in the distance as they're trying to lure you away from what you're doing or lure you away from your group of people that you're with. Mm-hmm. I didn't fall for it. Um, one of the neat things about keeping them at bay and, and is using crushed mistletoe berries. Um, and crushed mistletoe berries, and you take the juice and you put it around your eyes and around your nose and your mouth um, because it helps you see them for what they are and they can't fool you. Right. And I did that. And um, they became, there was about 12 of them that became highly agitated. And as we were driving home, after observing little bastards, we would see behind us on the road um, visible green lights flickering. <laughs> they were they were following this film. Um, I'm pretty sure we pissed them off. And for the next, um, until about the next full moon, it was about a little bit over a month um, leading into the next full moon, we would see them in our yard. Um, and in the rose bushes and trees, we'd see these little green lights flickering around the trees out there because they'd followed us home. Yeah. Um, eventually, they got either bored or lost energy and, and disappeared or went back home and left us alone. That's, that's and then there's crazy. the fetch. And then I had a fetch follow me home, and Ooh. that terrified me because the, the fetch went after my family. Um, but we sealed that little bastard off too, so. Yeah. Be somewhere beating the walls. I think I think Dakota's got a question there. I can sense it yeah. from him using the Jedi mind powers. The Jedi mind powers aren't that good. I'm still processing I know. everything. I know. I know. Yeah. I said aren't that good. Uh, I know. So right, right, right. I've got a question for you, Mike. What is the mysterious yeah. thing that you have experienced in your entire life? doing this what is the most terrifying thing that has ever happened to you ever um probably the most terrifying thing that's ever happened is is something that's more recent um now i did visit a number of of snake handling churches and i was bitten twice by a rattlesnake there but that's a whole different story i wasn't as much terrified as i was oh fuck i'm gonna die um <laughs> and i still got the marks on my arm um was my dealing with the the bigfoot that live the the tribe of bigfoot that live in our mountains here on a farm up here in the mountains um because it's something that's that's been persistent and ongoing um they've been very aggressive yeah, and that's uh, rock, that's rock growing, yeah, 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 rock yeah. growing. I, I well, I mistakenly started that fight with them, so that's that's I that was my own ignorance that did that, but it hasn't ended. It's gotten better now that I've learned more about how to deal with it. Yeah, but I, we still have missing animals. We still have fences that are ripped down. We still have parts of the barns that are ripped apart. We find huge rocks all across the um 
in front of the yard and up the steps in places. <sighs> that's terrifying. Knowing that they no, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's ongoing. When the sun goes down, we just don't fuck around outside. Nobody goes outside at all anymore at night when the sun goes down. So We just don't play that game. Has anyone in your area just disappeared, never been found again? I wish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh actually, our, uh, <laughs> Donald Jenkins is my closest neighbor, and he's a he's a dairy farmer. Right. And he swore up and down that he saw me and my son in the woods one night. Um, well, running out of one of his dairy barns in the woods and running back into the into the forest and heading back towards our house, heading back towards the mountain. Oh, because he's on the other side of the mountains. Heading back to the mountains to come back over to our side of the mountains. And he swore that he saw us, that it was us. He said it was... Something but it was uh. Well, <clears throat> it was probably those hairy bastards. They were in there yeah. doing something, and um, he assumed it was us. Because I don't have the, the best of relationships with him, but... Have you ever... Have, actually, you ever, have you ever tried to broker peace with the Bigfoot? Whatever they are. Yes. Whatever you, yeah. Yeah, How do you I have. Look at peace with them. How do you look at peace <laughs> with something like that? Um, I went on several, um, went on several spirit walks, leaving my body mm-hmm. and trying to enter the spirit world to talk to them. Um, I've left many gifts. I've gone to the edge of the, the borders of the land, the, the border between my land and their mm-hmm. land. Which, by the way, it's all my land, but they happen to take ownership of the land across the creek. Yeah. I've gone there and spoken out into the woods, and I knew something was out there listening to me. You can feel it when the woods go quiet, and the mountains never go quiet, but the mountains go quiet, you could hear them, and they were out there listening. I've taken gifts from our orchard out to them, um, apples and peaches and fresh fruits off all the stuff that we grow here on the farm. I'd go out there, and I'll leave it for them on the stones that are across the creek. And the stuff literally disappears in a matter of hours. As soon as we turn our back and come back out of the woods, we'll go back and it's all gone, um, including the basket and the plates or whatever we sat on. It's all gone. And we never see the things that we put out there with them ever again. Um, I've left them beeswax, candles, um, honeycombs, all kinds of stuff, and never to be seen or heard of from again when it's out there. It, it, makes, you, it makes you wonder where they're actually staying. Do you think, do you think they've got – what do you actually think? Where do, you think, where do they stay? That's what I'm trying to get at. Well, we do. Well, we have we have a cave system throughout <laughs> right. Um, right. this part of the Appalachia. There's a very extensive cave system, um, and they, a lot of some of the caves, from what I understand from talking to family uh, and from reading stories from my family, uh, some of those caves will start on our side and mm-hmm. can extend, and the caves will actually extend all the way over to the um, Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. There are long, extensive caverns that go that far there. Um, they're they're uh, they're underground creeks and and rivers and I'm assuming probably even lakes underneath those mountains as well. Yeah. Um, because there's lots of stories of the of the moonshiners and and of criminals too that would that would take um, shelter in these cave systems. They would talk about how far back they went and sometimes they would tell the stories of the things that they found that lived there too. Oh. <laughs> it makes you it makes you wonder. If that's how they get about, they use it, the tunnel systems there. Oh, dude, it's it's a labyrinth yeah. of caves up there. Um, I can spot one going across the creek mm-hmm. with my binoculars easy. I wonder the cliff faces back there. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck no, I've gotten really close to it. 
and that was many years ago, but I haven't been back ever since. That's, that's fascinating, though, because it, it makes you wonder what could be in there. Yes, there's going to be something that's wanting to eat you. Dude, I do not <laughs> want to take a rock to the I don't want to take a rock to the head and end up being somebody's turkey at Thanksgiving in a cave somewhere. That's not going to happen. Oh, damn. This is a, like, a question I've got. See, Bigfoot. Is Bigfoot a vegetarian or do they eat animals? Do, what are they, do, do they, they have the same them? well they have the same taste as humans um they're omnivores but they have a tendency to to eat more meat than vegetables okay right right so i don't know if i've ever been <laughs> that area then i outrun dakota I'll yeah we eat more protein than vegetables and i'm just assuming they do too considering what i've seen disappear on my property versus what um the stories i've heard when i've traveled across the united states about what is taken off of people's land, the, the animals. When you know, some of them, some of them have a fondness for eating people's dogs. Oh they get a, a, a ta- they get a taste for a certain meat. Um, oh it was Momo, you know, the Missouri monster, which was a Bigfoot. Yeah. It was Momo that had the taste for dogs and would oh go into people's actually go into people's yards and get their dogs. And people watched it and witnessed it as it happened and couldn't do anything about it. Because this partic- this particular Bigfoot had a taste for dog, and there was always more, and they assumed there was more than one too, because it mm-hmm. it would so many of these occurrences would happen at the same time at different locations and in, in in that part of Missouri. There, so it was more than one doing it. They had a, a taste for dogs. Oh my god, I'm a, I'm a dog owner. Just thinking about yeah. that. That's... Oh, dude, there's so many things out there that are <laughs> <need> dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that exists. That little Bye, dog. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take a little Pomeranian out in the woods and uh, oh deep God. into the woods because something's oh, going to be the call off, you know. Yeah, or if you're lucky to find that. Here's a, a subject I'm going to bring up, and me and Dakota's right into this. I mean, UFOs. What's your opinion on UFOs, Mike? Have you ever like, witnessed any UFOs? I've never seen one. Although yeah. I think I saw something that came out of a UFO one time. But I was really, really, dude. I was really high, so I wasn't sure if it, if I was. I'm being honest. I, God, I was in Kentucky when it happened. Um, all kinds of weird shit happens in Kentucky. Trust me, as far as UFO activity. Um, the guy, the people that were with me, they swore they saw something land out in one of the fields out there, and then I saw something in the in in the tall grass out there, and it was. And it was nothing but a bunch of little, and I'm, I'm seeing it now. It was a bunch of little red eyes. They were about three oh. feet tall out in the grass, and they were all looking at me. I still don't know to say what the fuck that was, or if I just got, or if I just mixed my LSD wrong because it really. <laughs> they were probably they were probably flying the ship over and seeing you rolling about the grassy field and thought, I wonder if he's on. I wonder if he get any left. Ah, uh, dude. <laughs> If I would ever see, I've never. If I were to ever see, I want to see a UFO. I want to experience an alien. I mean, I I have the William. And if there are any kids in the room who are going to want to cover their ears right now, what I'm about to say, dude, I have the William Shatner, um, the William Shatner belief. I mean, focus on aliens. I wish to explore brave new worlds and fuck them. I mean. You have to. I mean, I just, I just am fascinated by alien sex practices. I'm just gonna put that out there. 
I will. Be, I'm not saying I'm not saying this just to get a reaction. I really, really am fascinated about alien sex practices. I mean, I've seen all kinds of ritual, ritualistic sex practices in different cultures and religions here in the world. I'm just wondering how other aliens do it. Well, you know, if we ever come across aliens, Mike, we're, we're going to give them your address and say, "Listen, you need to go and visit this guy. He's yeah. going to show you his big black book of bad things." <laughs> I'm going to show it my toy chest and ask if it has its own type of extraterrestrial toy chest. I want to see the shit they've got. I mean, how much information can you find out from probing someone's ass, too, for crying out loud? I'm just going to put that out there. Don't you think? Don't you? Dude, after 100 years, I mean, there's always so much you can glean from someone's rectum. I'm just going to let that drop. I will say this, right? I will say this, right? I think that probing thing. I think that's all the rubbish. I don't think that actually happened. I think it is, too. I think it, it got started out because people start yeah, making I fun think, of yeah. people that were having actual encounters, yeah. and it started yeah. off as something to make fun of them with, which I yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's cool, but I still laugh about it. <laughs> well, if there's any aliens listening to this transmission going through space and time as we speak right now, Mike the Naked Bigfoot wants to have a visit from you tonight sometime, or maybe through the week, Dude, if you can't see, make it on a Saturday night. One of my rules and everything that I've experienced in my life has been I don't believe it until I experience it in some form, either spiritually, physically, you know, with all my senses <laughs> or something. And until that alien walks up to me, you know, and I shake his hand or he whips out a schlong for me. I'm not going to... I'm sorry. He's, he's going to be the unicorn of my world until he shows up, so... That's that's very true, but here's a thought, right? A lot of people say this to me, that I'm on the fence about this. They say Bigfoot could be an interdimensional being, or... Now, see, I do, be, I do believe that, and I don't think extra... I don't think extraterrestrial is the same as interdimensional. Um... Because you're not dealing with, you're not dealing with something terrestrial that's outside of our world. That we have dimensions all around us, um, parallel dimensions, spiritual dimensions, dimensions of time, dimensions of space. Um, mm-hmm. That some creatures, you know, how some fish naturally are born knowing how to breathe water. Well, I think yeah. there are things that exist, including Bigfoot, that it's natural for them to pass between worlds. Maybe, uh, maybe that's just like they, like they would eat or breathe, it's natural for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I because mean, you have to remember, people that have seen them, um, other stories of people have seen them, they're either accompanied or preceding a sight of a Bigfoot, mm-hmm. or these flashing lights in the woods, these hovering mm-hmm. lights, and then suddenly there's a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Or there's flashing lights and suddenly Bigfoot is gone. He walks behind a tree and he's gone. He doesn't ever step out behind the tree. Or it, it could be the case that the extraterrestrials that are visiting us, right, are curious about Bigfoot too. <laughs> and when he disappears, he's getting abducted. <laughs> you, you never know. See, well, cattle mutilations have been coming back in the last couple yes. of years, so you never know. Well, cattle mutilations have made a huge comeback. Um, yeah. Remember the I satanic mean, panic of the 80s, so I, I can't wait till that starts up again. I mean, the cattle mutilations, I mean, you would wonder how a lot of people say, oh, yeah, it's crows have come down and started pecking on them. Crows don't burn perfect, 
when they cut the the flesh, it it sanitizes, it burns the flesh. You know, yeah, I can. I live in a farming community, right? And I, I have seen that. I've seen crows pecking sheep's eyes that have died out, or cows yeah. that have died out, right? Because we'll go for the softest part to get, right? But the crows don't cut and remove certain organs. No, they go for the path blood. of least resistance. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's. So what we'll need to do is we'll need to put a we'll need to put a notice out there for our alien friends to come and visit, mate. Like I said, and, until it actually, I'm going to be a doubter until it actually happens, um, because that's always been my philosophy. I've I've met many people who have claimed to be abducted or or claimed to have spotted not only a UFO but they've seen uh, different types of aliens, whether they're the angelic type aliens or the God awful reptilians. Oh, don't get me started about reptilians. Or the insectoids or something like that. I've, I've heard those stories. And some of the stories, I think they are mistaking something from the paranormal or cryptid world for an alien. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. B, here's a question for you, Mike. Spirits. I take it you've seen spirits. Can you yeah. Can you take? Can you can you tell us about some of the spirits you've seen? Satan's. Well, you're going to make me explain first when I talk about this. I always yeah. have to preface okay. the conversation with um, mm-hmm. there are all types of spirits. There are the once human spirits, which are people that have died and their energy has still exists on this um, as an echo or as a or as an intelligent echo that they leave behind. Um, and then you have the um, inhuman, yes. which are the elemental spirits. Mm-hmm. They never were, um, they never existed in a mortal form. Um, but they can assume a mortal form if they need to by using nature to do so, the, the natural elements to do so. Um, well, that's the inhuman. Then you have the unhuman spirits, and those are the things that exist, and you can call it a spiritual dimension if you want to. Yeah. It's a, a dimension where it's a formless mm-hmm. dimension where, again, they can see our world, but they can't interact with the world unless we, um, unless we give them the energy and the ability to do so. Yeah. Uh, I have seen once humans... Um, I have seen, um, and just one of the things, one of the degrees that I have in is in um, uh, mortuary services, embalming things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've spent, yeah. and I've, you know, I've spent many, 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 many nights working uh, on my certificate and doing that with hanging out with dead bodies and um, in morgues and in funeral homes. Yeah. And I have I have seen people who they'll come in dead, and I've seen their a form of them rise from their body right. to walk away, uh, where the spirit doesn't depart at the time of death, but still is hanging on to the body, but chooses that time to leave there. And sometimes they'll turn and look at me, and most of the time they would just walk by me or walk through me and leave the room. Um. I have seen the unhuman pretending to be a human spirit, uh, which 
most people who do paranormal investigation to collect evidence, I think about 75% of what people collect um, are unhuman spirits pretending to be once human spirits um, for the attention, because the more attention they get, um, the more power they get, the more they can manifest. So if you're there to see, you've heard the story of great aunt Tudy who killed people with an ax and she still haunts the house with an ax. Um, and the story is complete bullshit. But people are coming there expecting to find evidence of the ghost of great aunt Tootie, the axe murderer, and these unhuman, this unhuman spirit sees the opportunity. Because remember, these things are opportunists. They see the opportunity um, to us to communicate with these paranormal investigators because you're giving them attention, you're giving them energy, you're allowing them to manifest in our world. Um, and they'll say, oh yes, I'm great aunt Tootie. I'm here to um, I'm here to kill you. You better leave. I'm evil. <laughs> and yeah. they enjoy they, they enjoy that interaction. They're interacting. They're interacting with the physical world, with the physical plane, and they yeah. enjoy that interaction. Can I ask you, mate? What What do you think happens when you die? What do you What is your thought process on that? What's your thoughts? Well, according to my beliefs, when I when, before I. The only way that when I die, the only way that I'll find peace, the only way that I'll be able to actually leave my body, um, is when then somebody digs my grave and I he digs my grave, my physical body will be placed within that grave, and my spiritual body will be placed within that grave, and he'll draw my spirit to the ground and guide me into the forest, and I'll be able to live with the other lowest and the deified ancestors and become one of them. It really depends on what you believe, um, yeah. but I believe that you just don't cease to exist. Because everything exists again. It's 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 so hokey sounding when you say it, but everything really is about energy. Because we are machines, if you think about it. That's right. And, machi- and machines, you know, they we are, and all batteries and machines are, are finite. And those batteries will run yeah. out. So where does that energy go when your battery runs out? What happens to that energy of your mind, the, the strongest, most powerful part of you? Yeah. Where does that go? You know, it just doesn't disappear. I mean, <clears throat> Albert Einstein, you know, energy cannot be created, nor can it be destroyed. Yes. Um, it can only, it can change form and exist as something else. And I think that's what happens. And depending on what your belief is, is what you become when you leave. You may come back and you may choose to ride the wheel and be reincarnated and come back to somebody or something else and recycle that energy into another mortal form and another turn on the planet. Or you may explore other dimensions. It's completely up to you. Yeah. I fancy your one just exploring other dimensions. I'm going to be there with you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Hell no, I'm not getting reincarnated. Reincarnation is fun, but that's a wheel that you know you have to purposely want to break. Otherwise, you'll just keep coming back and back and back. <laughs> oh God, no, no, I, yeah, I don't think I want to come back here. Well, also Buddhism always got me because it seems rather tedious yeah. that after like the ninety ninth incarnation, um, you should have yeah. learned your shit by now. So yeah. <laughs> I moved on. I, I, I'm a, I, I used to be quite a religious person, right? I used to believe in Jesus and all that kind of stuff. But no, no, I believe there's an afterlife. I believe you go somewhere. That's my belief, right? And it's, it's each to their own, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Jesus was a desert elemental spirit uh-huh. that people worshipped. Yeah. There, I just said that out loud. 
I know. Let the pissed offness begin. <laughs> yes, and if you want to find the person and make the naked Bigfoot is the man you want to look for. <laughs> his Twitter and his YouTube are in the description of this episode. Yes, you can find them any time of any day. If you want to see me piss, watch my Angels and Demons episode. <laughs> That's the one oh. that pisses everybody off. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that one. It is, it's, I think, I think we're here just for the laugh. You know, I, I think this is what this. Is. Oh, it's fun. Laugh. It's, it's so much I, fun. It really I mean, is. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to going to Zach Bagan's museum and haunting them. <laughs> oh, I love the shift change and vibe <laughs> right there. <laughs> He has done him and, him and his ilk have done more damage to oh, no. the, the the study of supernatural and paranormal. Um, yeah, the the study of the supernatural and paranormal than yeah. any other human being out there. He picked up the Ed. Lor- he I have to say this. He picked up the Ed Lorraine Warren bullshit that they did, and um, he saw how they ran their show and how they ran their yeah. clown show. And he took his clown show and made it ten times better. He went from a local clown. He went from the local clown show that was Ed and Lorraine Warren, and did a and did the Barnum and Bailey of clown shows when it came to doing his shit. So, Talk, talking talking about Ed and Lorraine Warren, did you not tell me once you met her? Yeah. She didn't care for me at all. I but she was so polite. It was so unfortunate. Um, she was doing one of her. She was doing one of her 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 talks, one of her college talks, and in, in Louisiana, and I was there, and I went to, it, and I had a chance to to walk up to her and talk to her. Um, and she had done her little slideshow and her conversations, and she took some questions from people that were already planted in the audience. Um, the Warrens had a handler. He was their photographer. He ended up being their, quote, quote, manager and handler. I had a run-in with that jackass because I went up to her, and um, I had just dealt with some um, some mind knockers in Kentucky before I came back down to Louisiana. Yeah. The mind knockers were actually terrifying, but that's a that's a story for another day. Oh, um, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> and I went up to her. I went up to her to talk to her, and she at first when I walked up to her, she acted like she couldn't hear me. Um, <laughs> when I was said, Miss Warren, Miss Warren, I, you know, I, I wanted to meet you and talk to you. And um, she finally whirled around on me, and that woman was pissed when she looked at me. Because apparently my reputation preceded me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, at the time, I, I fancied myself a, a debunker because I, I loved going to traveling yeah. um, to tent revivals, <laughs> and just and I loved debunking spirit healers. And I saw her as I saw her as a snake. Her and her her I, this was after her husband died. She was yeah. still carrying. She was still selling the snake oil, and um. Mm. I was just trying to be polite and start a conversation, but apparently she heard that I called her a snake oil salesman, and she didn't cuss me, but she didn't exactly tell me to stick around and have a conversation. And her handler, um, yeah, yeah, he did everything but smack me around. <laughs> oh my god, Dakota, do you have a question for Mike? <laughs> 
Come on, you must have something in there. Yeah. I, well, I honestly want to hear more about these mind knockers because it kind of sounds like some of my ex girlfriends. It's a type of elemental spirit. Uh, go, go and tell, we've, we've got plenty of time. Go and tell us. <laughs> we can go a little bit away from you. Uh, knockers can, they have many names. Um, they're yeah. actually, I don't know, it sounds so filthy, but. <laughs> miners, especially in West Virginia and Kentucky, can tell you about the, the knocking that happens when you go too deep in the mines and you hear something literally knocking on a, the walls yeah. around you. And it's usually these critters are are knocking to warn you that something's about to happen. Um, yeah. And there's there's the standard knocker, which is, is helpful and friendly and will try to warn you. And then there's a um, there's the Dumbavoy and the Povoy. And the Dumbavoy is a house spirit, which is a relative of a knocker, which is relatively friendly to the family that it that it's with. And it's a, it's a generational spirit, too. It sticks with the same family for generations. Um, and it's mostly helpful. But the its cousin, um, which is the Povoy, it, um, unlike your, your common uh, mind spirit, a Povoy, um, actually will cause minins, uh have mines cave in. They cause cave-ins. Um, or they'll trip miners, or they will appear to be uh, another miner and lure them to their death in the mines. Um, yeah. It took a whole... <laughs> you can't get rid of them. You can only steal them away and cause them to cause less damage to the people and to the mine itself. Um, and what we ended up doing was we appealed to the knockers of the mine to, we entreated them to help us with the polar boy that were there and to help mitigate the evil that they were causing at the time. Cause at the point they we buried eight or lost four miners up to that point. But then we had to seal off parts of the mine. Um, when I say seal off, we're not talking about putting up walls or anything. We're talking about putting up spiritual walls that keep them out. Um, which ended up, which was a collection of, of pine sap or pine tar or pitch, yeah. um, mixed with the blood of each miner. It only had to be a little blood from each miner to do it with. And then the blood of a holy man. Um, and it had to be applied with a horsehair brush, um, with a silver handle. So once we got all the ingredients together, we went around and we, we went around and we, we blessed all the tools. We, we used it to bless the tools with and to seal the tools and to seal the equipment and to seal the, the mines with as well. Yeah. And the activity, the, the dangerous activity completely dropped off. But the knocking activity continued on and probably yeah. continues to this day. That is, I've heard, I've heard about them, the old miners used to talk about them called the Tommy Knockers. Is that right, Tommy? That's, that's the name, yeah. Tommy Knockers. <laughs> Tommy Knocker is one of the names that can be used with them. Um, that's more of a a regionalism with describing them mm-hmm. that the, it gained more popularity, especially in literature and on in media, that Tommy Knocker did, um, and became more of a nursery rhyme than it would than it would be as a descriptive term for these spirits. So. But yeah, it was, it's been used. It's been an interchangeable word to describe all of both the, the helpful and the unhelpful ones. So, 
Well, I'm going to ask you one more question. I've, I was thinking about this today, and it's something I've, I've never asked him. I thought, you know, I'm going to ask Mike. Have you ever witnessed, Mike, two entities, like say two spirits or two elementals, pissed off with each other, fighting with each other? No. Um, no. I can't say that I have. Um, I've seen them react to mostly re- they mostly not react to each other yeah. but they've worked together to react towards something that somebody has done to, to them right. or to the land or to something around them that they held precious right um, yeah so so, it's, so they obviously know each other's there but they just respect each other basically because they know each well, other's person yeah you have to remember with the elemental, you're, you're dealing with the cycles of the earth and you're dealing with the balance of the yeah. earth and the balance of energies. The only time they become aware of us is when something disturbs that balance. Um, and they become aware of us and they can either correct the balance or they can work to correct the balance. Yeah. Um, or work to reestablish inter- the connections of energy that were flowing to them that have been severed or been disrupted by something that a man or a person has done. So, Right. It's, I, I just can't wait till your book comes out. I want it out now. <laughs> well, I hope everybody's had a. Is, is, has everybody been good in the chat room tonight? I, there's, yeah, everybody's sitting there. I mean, yeah. honestly, Mike, we'll need to get you back when your book is back out, you know. But we'll talk to you after the live. Anyway, after, after this, we'll talk to you. But, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Mike the Naked Bigfoot. And guys, please go to his channel, which is below. Give him a subscribe. He does lives and they're very informative. What's the next one coming up? When's your next live, Mike? Monday. This upcoming Monday. Monday. I try to do, I've been trying to do two a week. So this upcoming Monday. And then that Wednesday after that. Yeah. I think, I think uh, guys, you just need to watch his live because absolutely amazing, honestly. And thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you, everybody, on Facebook and all the 50 locations that this goes out to. And I'm no rhyming no more for Dakota, you know. But, guys, please tune in tomorrow night because we have a special guest coming on. Uh, is it, what's, his, what's his name, Dakota? What, how do you pronounce his name, Chris? You're the one that booked him. Which is Birmingham is a Birmingham UFOologist. So we'll bring him on, you know. You know, I can't remember his name off off the top. Uh, of I just head, remember you know. his name is Dave. That's all. Dave, there, there you go. So guys, tune in tomorrow and we'll be discussing <coughs> UFOs in the United Kingdom. And thank you everybody for coming on. I'll talk to you in a minute. Have a great night, everyone. Oh, yeah, just, Bye. Before we go, you oh, forgot there's on. one little bit of news. That oh, we have on the company front. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you want more information on Bald and Bonkers operations? We now have our own website. Yes. Yes. A website. My goodness. We're going up in town, you know. We've got our own website, guys. Baldenbonkers.net, for those of you on the podcast. Still being in development, but there's going to be plenty of surprises coming on that <clears> front. Yeah. So, now I think we can end this. Yes. So, catch you all tomorrow night, and Mike will talk to you after the live. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, bye.